Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Realizing Destiny with Destiny Thomas. Remember, the key to finding your purpose is realizing that it can't be found without prayer. Well, the long wait is over. Here we are, episode one, the marriage that shouldn't have lasted past year one. So I wasn't really sure of how to get started or how to just jump right in. So I decided to do a poll with my Facebook and Instagram audience to see if they wanted me to talk about my entrepreneurial journey and how that all unfolded so quickly, or if they wanted me to be really vulnerable and talk about my marriage and really how that all unfolded. And of course, what do you think they did? They choose, they made the choice to go with marriage. So to be fair, I also polled them for a few questions and a few topics they would like to hear me speak about. So I'm going to start with who is Destiny, how I ended up married, when I got married, and when did we meet, and then I'll go towards the end and answer some questions and touch on some topics that came directly from my audience. So as I introduce myself, I am Destiny Thomas. I am now 29 years old. And I am married to an amazing husband named Kareem Thomas. Um, How did we meet? So we met, um, I had just graduated high school not too long ago, started in corporate America, and I was in training. And me and a couple of the girls from training decided to go down to the oceanfront here in Virginia Beach and just kind of let our hair down, hang out, have a good time. And while I was there, I was taking a friend of mine's son to the restroom and I heard someone saying, hey, and if you know me, you know, I don't like to be uh, yelled at or uh, get my attention in that manner. So I was like, oh, hi. And I just walked to the bathroom and then I came back out the bathroom and he was like, hey, I want to talk to you. Can you come over here? And I was like, "Uh, I'm kind of in a rush. I'll, I'll come back. So I went back with my friends. We finished enjoying our night. We were at a carnival at the at the beach that is there all year round. So we had our good time, got on some rides, and we were walking out. And lo and behold, who was still there? <laughs> this guy who is trying to get my attention. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll you know see what he wants. So I went. And uh, we started talking and he was like, gosh, you just had me standing here this whole time. And I was like, well, I thought you would leave by now. (laughs) But we just started talking and he asked for my phone number. And I was like, the only way you can have my phone number is if you win me one of those stuffed animals. So in normal Korean fashion, he tried to pay the, the kiosk lady for the stuffed animal. And she said, no, you have to play to win. And he played and it was the throw the dart at the balloons game. And he won me the stuffed animal and I handed it over to my friend's son. And he was like, so you made me win that and you're going to give it away. I was like, well, you're still getting out of the deal what you wanted, my phone number, right? And that was how we met. Um, It was fun. Like I said, at this time, I was 19 years old. So I was just living my life. I had just uh, landed a job that was paying me a really good salary, especially as a new person out of high school. So I just was living my life. I still live with my parents. And my husband on the other side was left home at 16, 17 years old, had been on his own for quite a while and is from the Bronx. So he entertained street living for a little while in regards to like the hustle and bustle of the streets. 
so we came from two totally different spectrums of life and that's where we were at that time. But we just became friends first. You know, we just talked. And one thing I admired about my husband is he would call me at night and he would say, and this is when we weren't even dating yet. And he would say, did you eat yet? And I would say yes or no. Or even if I did, he was like, can you meet me at a restaurant? And I would be like, sure. And he's like, which one you want to go to? And I would pick any restaurant. And at that time I had a big appetite. (laughs) Okay. I still do. But we would just sit there and he would just watch me eat and we would just, and he would just talk and just be able to really share where he was thinking, where his mom was at the time and just where he was in life. And I think we forget about those moments and those times where listening to people and really just allowing them to communicate and be vulnerable how important and how precious those moments were. So that was how we met. Um, And I always get asked, how did I know he was the one, right? Because like I said, I was 19. So I was really just living life. I went on lots of dates because I didn't want to be tied down to anyone. Um, because I know I knew me and the destiny that I was and I still am is when I get in a relationship, I'm committed to that person. And also, not very many people may know this, but I grew up a Christian and I am still a Christian. And I took the celibacy and abstinence and abstaining yourself um, to have sexual intercourse until marriage very seriously. So I did not have intercourse, sexual intercourse with anyone except for my husband. So yes, you guys, you heard that from Destiny's mouth herself. The only man I have ever had sexual intercourse with was my husband. But um, so I dated, you know, I knew that I liked older guys. (laughs) I liked people who were more mature. I guess I should say not older guys, but I liked people who were more mature and really had a, 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 even if they weren't acting in their purpose, they knew what they were going to tolerate and what they weren't. And my husband has always been very flat footed, very strong on this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm not going to do. And I love that about him. I love the fact that he loved his family, that even though he left home early and wanted to, you know, venture out and do his own thing, he still loved his family. He still uh, wanted to be around his niece and wanted to watch her grow up and wanted to be there for his sister. And I just love that about him because a man who loves his family, his mother, his sister, he will love his family, even the one that you create with them. So that is how we met. Um how did I know he was the one? I knew he was the one because he gave me something that all, all of my previous relationships didn't. Um, he gave me a sense of security and protection without even vocalizing it, without even walking around being macho. Um, he He listened to me and not just listened, but he could regurgitate what I said, which is for women, that's just something that you can't put a price on. He loved family. He loved just the thought of having a family and, and being a role model and, uh, being a good father. And, um, a little bit of my background story. Um, I didn't have a father growing up. My father and I's relationship didn't really blossom until after I was 16. 
And I just knew the importance of having a father who wanted to be a part of the household. Another thing my husband had was he had a fighter spirit. And that is very important to have when you're in a relationship and really looking to take this relationship to the next level and be married to someone. Because marriage is hard, people. It's hard. It's it's very hard. And it's not hard in the sense that it's difficult. It's hard in the sense that this person is going to be your mirror. This person is going to make you vulnerable. This person is going to see your, uh, is going to make you see your flaws quicker and sooner than anybody else. And you're going to do the same for them. So it's hard in the fact because it makes you see reality. It makes you see life and the life that you dream that you have and the life that you really have very quickly. Um, so I knew that my husband had a fighter spirit, that he would fight for our marriage, that he would fight for his family, even when it got hard. And that is very, very hard to come by nowadays because everything is so fast. Everything is so temporary. Everything is so, what pleasure am I getting out of this? And last but not least, he had a servant's heart. Now, my husband was selfish, okay? And he knows this just like I know this. He had a lot of selfish tendencies. But under it all, he was very servant. He had a very servant personality. He wanted to serve people. He wanted to, he was willing to learn to get better. So those are the things that made me and myself know that he was the one. Um, but more importantly than that, I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, you know, I am not ready for marriage. If you look at me, <laughs> you know that I am okay with just dating people and, you know, talking to people and hearing people and just getting different perspectives of where they are in life and where I am in life and really just enjoying that part of life. But there's something about this man that makes it different for me. There's something about this man and his vulnerability as a grown man, as a man, but his toughness and his hardness that just does something for me. And I prayed and the Lord revealed to me that he was my husband. Now I was 21 when I decided to get married, 21. So when most of my friends were at the bar turning up, so excited that they now could legally drink, I was choosing to walk down the aisle and look this man in his eyes and tell him that I would love him forever, despite whatever was going to come against us and come to try to separate us. And yes, I was very mature from for, for all of my life that I remember, but it was still very hard. It was still something that I like to tell people, you know, Love is something that everyone does not get to experience, not true love, not that unconditional love where you can really know in the deepest parts of your heart that you will love this person regardless of what they will ever do to you. And that is, I mean, that is hard, okay? But I knew I had that and I knew he felt the same towards me that even when it got hard, even when we may have made bad decisions or, you know, did things that didn't honor one another, we would still look past that. We would still have the strength to go to God and have God as our foundation to get through it. So I did it. I wasn't willing to give that up for people thinking I was too young. I wasn't willing to give that up for maybe waiting a couple more years till I was more mature or less naive. So I did it. 
So I encourage everyone listening to this, if you have a job that you love and it's just in a different part of the country, if you find someone that you love and they're in a different part of the country, do what is required to make it work because those things don't come around all the time. I know plenty of people that have never met their soulmate, that have never experience the love that I have experienced. And it's sad and it's very disheartening because it's something that you never want to lose once you once you obtain it. So I knew that I wanted to get married because I prayed about it and the Lord gave me confirmation that he was my husband. But I knew I wanted to get married as early as I did because God confirmed for me that he was my husband and Not only that, but he gave me something that I hadn't received yet. Um, Some lessons (laughs) and a little bit of vulnerability. So some lessons that I've learned while being married. First, you have to have your own identity. And I know this is not something that we're taught very often because we, you know, hear the Bible verse that you're now two separate people that are becoming one, or as they say in um, Matthew 19, five through six, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So yes, that's very true. God is taking two separate people and making them one. But The part that we miss in that is that we both are two separate people who have valuable things that we're bringing to the table to now collaborate and and make this whole person. So like with Adam and Eve, God took the rib from Adam to create Eve and that became a whole person. So just like a wife in most cases is the nurturer. She's the one who's a little soft spoken or I won't say soft-spoken, but her actions are a lot softer usually than the male. The male is the dominant, the provider, the uh, alpha male, the, you know, I will protect my family at any cost. Whereas the mother or the wife does the same, but she does it just in a little bit more subtle way. So you have to have your own identity. You have to know who you are in order to be of value to the marriage. So I myself personally experienced loss of identity when getting married. I got married and I woke up one day and was like, where did destiny go? Who is this girl? I gained all this weight. I don't really know what I like to do. I don't really know what makes me happy. And it, I felt miserable because I had been so independent since really, really young. So I would encourage you to have your own identity, know what things make you happy and be okay with still doing those, even if your significant other doesn't want to do them with you. So, and clubbing guys, unless you guys club together or unless you guys have a respect for each other that you're okay with each other clubbing, I don't mean that type of hobby. If you like dancing, go to dance classes um, because that is that can bring a lot of confusion. But if you like painting, if you like riding your bike on Sunday evenings, do those things. You don't have to do everything with your spouse. You have to be okay with having an identity of your own that still respects the other person. Because if you don't, 
you will be like myself and wake up one day and say, how did I get here? What makes me happy? What kind of things do I like to do outside of my spouse? And you will be their shadow or them yours. And it can go for men as well. I'm just speaking from a woman's perspective, but it can go for men as well. Just being up under someone all the time can be suffocating and it can just make you lose yourself. Another thing that I did before I got married or that I do with everything in life is I did a lot of research. I read a lot of books about marriage and what was the biggest thing that made marriages fail. And yes, I found different reasons, you know, finances and uh, just not respecting each other and infidelity and just all types of things, right? But what I realized is after pulling away at those things and really getting to the root of those situations, it all came down to one thing, and that is communication. Communication is key to a successful marriage, to a successful relationship in any area, whether it's platonic or sexual. And I say that because if you cannot be vulnerable with your significant other, if you cannot be vulnerable with your spouse, who will you be vulnerable with? Someone of the opposite sex, right? Because they're going to say all the right things that you need to hear at that moment. But, you know, like the 80-20 rule, they're only giving you 20%, but your emotions and your feelings are making you think it's the 80. So please communicate with your spouse. I tell my husband all the time that we have to be okay with saying the things that will hurt our feelings temporarily to have something that will last permanently. And that is very important and very true. You know, him telling me, babe, you kind of got a little, you know, a little heavy around the waist there. Or me telling him, you know, babe, you need to clean up after yourself. You need to stop leaving your clothes here. Will he be upset? Will I be upset? Will I be offended? Yes, but that is temporary. I mean, our feelings get hurt every single day by bosses, by children, by people, by social media. So why not allow your feelings to be temporarily hurt for permanent satisfaction? Not only that, but I tell women all the time, did you not have any say-so in the person that you selected to be married to? I know I handpicked my husband. I know that God gave me him. But what I also know is that my husband loves me. So if he's telling me anything, even if the delivery isn't the best, (laughs) and sometimes his isn't, (laughs) but I have to know, despite what he's saying, despite the way he's saying it, it's coming from a place of love to make us better as a unit. And if you don't know that your person that you're with loves you and that they're saying it to make you better as a unit, then you have a bigger problem on your hands. Your hands is not what they said. Your hands is whether you trust this person enough with your deepest, darkest secrets. So communication is key. Some other things I've found through research is, of course, finances is is another thing, but that still boils down to communication. So some things that work for me and my husband, and this doesn't work for everybody because I was like, I will not allow finances to be the reason why we don't make it. Is we were a two income household, we aren't anymore. I am now a stay at home mom and I do some things from home. 
So he is the primary breadwinner now. But in the beginning, we both brought in income. So we sat down and we wrote down all of our household bills, our our mortgage, our lights, water, cable, our household bills, our life insurance. And we divided them down the middle. And I know there's a lot of women, especially my uh, more seasoned women who are like, no, the man is supposed to be the breadwinner. As I said earlier, I was a very independent woman. I never wanted to uh, put all of my eggs in one basket, as I used to say. Not saying I didn't trust my husband, but my mom was in a domestic abuse relationship when I was growing up. And the only reason why she couldn't leave for so many years was she didn't have the money. So that put a, I guess, a fear in me that I never wanted to be in that situation. Did I think my husband would abuse me? No, but she probably didn't get in her relationship thinking he was going to abuse her either, right? And no, my husband's never abused me, guys. But <laughs> it just put, it just sowed a seed in me that made me always want to have my own, always be willing to be okay if it didn't work out, right? So we separated our finances and we had a, a joint account for um, our bills, and we still do. And all the money that well once we divided it down the middle he had a portion that he had to pay and it wasn't equally down the middle of course it was based on income um but if he had a certain amount let's say he had six hundred dollars that he had to put towards bills he would put that in the account i had six hundred dollars i would put that in the account and all the bills would come out of that account so that gives a man um security in the fact that he's not working just to pay bills. And it gave me the same security. So, hey, if I decided to work overtime, if I decided to uh, stay a little longer at work, if he decided to work overtime, if he decided to flip a car and make extra money, that was his money. Now, we do have stipulations and parameters about around things we buy, and we both do have access to each other's accounts. Well, now we have everything together. But um so we had access to each other's accounts and things like that, but, and he would, if we wanted to make a purchase that was over a certain amount, we would come to each other and discuss it. But at the end of the day, he was still able to make his own purchases and me the same. If I wanted to sow a seed and give someone some money or bless someone, I would tell my husband about it, but that was my money and I had the choice to make it. So that means if I wanted to take trips with my friends, of course we would discuss it. And the fact that this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. Um, this is how much it's going to cost. But I didn't have to say, hey, can I borrow this? And once again, guys, that does not work for everyone. Some women are okay with allowing the, the husband to be the full breadwinner. Like I said, there were some things from my childhood that I was not okay with, but that did work for us. So I like to just give tips that work for us. Um. And then the biggest thing, you know, like I said, I've always been a Christian. I am still a Christian. So I go based on biblical values. And it clearly says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness. So that was my big thing. You know, he had to love God just as much, or if not more than I did. He had to know that our foundation was going to be God. He had to know that when things got hard, it wouldn't be up to him and I to make it work, but it would be up to God. So now to some questions from the audience. And guys, this will be a three series or three episodes um, series for marriage. Um, 
So don't be alarmed. I'm not going to end it too soon. I do have a guest that may be joining me for the second or third episode, but I really want to delve into marriage because I feel like so many women and men put so much emphasis on being married and wanting to be married and having this yearning to be married but we don't really know what it takes. It's kind of like wanting a supervisor promotion, but not knowing that now you're not going to be working 40 hours, but 60, not knowing that you won't get as much time with your family as you do when you just work nine to five, because now you're going to have a team under you that is going to be looking to you for all of the answers and the leadership. And that's what marriage is. It takes work. It's not just what it looks like on movies and what people sing about in songs, it really takes hard work. It takes, honestly, a lot of you humbling yourself and being able to serve another person. If you wake up every single morning saying, what can I do to make your life easier? What can I do to make your life better? Instead of what can you do to make my life better? Which is what everyone wants. Well, you're not doing this for me. Well, what are you not doing for them? Right? So. I'll take the last two minutes to answer some questions or to touch on some topics that I got from the audience. So preparing for marriage during your single season, that was one topic that came up. I meet so many people that go from one relationship to the next, one relationship to the next. They actually, some of them coincide together, right? But if you don't know how to be single When will you know your identity? And I touched on that in the beginning. If you don't know who you are as a person, at some point, you don't even really know what you like. You're going based off what makes you feel good. And honey, dear, love, there are a lot of days in marriage where you don't feel good, where you don't look at your significant other and feel that butterflies that you feel in the beginning. So if you get in a relationship based off how it makes you feel, it's failed before it started. So you have to have some foundation. You have to have some stability in who you are and what you will and will not tolerate. And I am so just saddened by the amount of people I meet that don't have boundaries. You have to know what you will and will not tolerate to know what is for you. So please, in your season of selfishness or singleness, be selfish. Do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you happy. Stop worrying about what other people are going to think and just follow your heart. Follow what God has set out for you. God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. So in that singleness, Seek God, really surrender your life to God and allow him to transform you from the inside out and watch your entire life change. And honestly, guys, in your singleness, you should not be looking for a mate or preparing for a mate. You should be seeking God's face and allowing God to do the transformation in you to make you ready for the mate when he brings them. And that's the other thing. God brought me my husband. I didn't go searching for him or looking for him or even looking to be married for that fact. I was living my life, enjoying life for what it was, enjoying waking up and allowing and having another opportunity to breathe again. And he just fell on my lap or came across me at the carnival, right? (laughs) So that's what I would say. Um, Praying through marriage. 
prayer is important, guys. And just like I said in the beginning, you can't find your purpose without prayer. And yes, that includes marriage. That includes being a parent. That includes finances. That includes every area of your life. Prayer has truly transformed my life from the inside out. Prayer has allowed me to have an encounter with God that no one on earth can give me. Even the 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 love and the feeling you get from birthing a child, no one can give me the pleasure and the encounter that I get with God. So God's prayer is so important. It's so important that I actually became a prayer coach. I just saw the lack of prayer in our community, in our generation. So I began to coach people on how to pray and how to really discern God's voice and get closer to God. Because once I did that, once I surrendered all of me and gave my life to Christ and allowed him to lead God and direct me, my marriage got better. My parenting got better. My finances got better because I realized that God's word is true. And so are the promises in it. And God says in his word that he wants to provide for me. God's word says that he wants to give me my wants, my needs, but also the desires of my heart. And he knows the desires of my heart is to be a good wife, is to have a good marriage, is to have a man who loves me despite my flaws because I'm imperfect, just like he is. So God's prayer is so important. Prayer is so important. If you're interested in getting prayer coaching or building your relationship in prayer with God, You can find more information about that at www.realizingdestiny.com or you can find me on Instagram at realizing underscore destiny. I also do live live prayer on Facebook and Instagram at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Saturday. So you can definitely come up there, put your prayers in the comments and I'll lift them up for you just to kind of warm you up if you don't know where to start or how to talk to God. I can lift up the prayers for you. But guys, prayer is key. Prayer is key to everything in my life. I start every day with prayer, with talking to God, with communing with God, because God does something that we all have no power to do. And that's to give us direction for our day. That's to prevent us from getting into things that we will need his help to get us out of, right? Um. And last question or topic was, what was the most important thing through marriage? So I kind of touched on it earlier. In the natural or in the things that you have control over it is communication. Communication is key. You have to talk. People do not read our minds, guys, male or female. They do not read our minds. Yes, even if you're with somebody for 10, 20, my husband and I just celebrated eight years together or eight years married and 10 years knowing each other. They don't read your mind. So you have to express yourself. You have to be vulnerable. You have to just say what you want to say and mean what you mean. But more important than that is prayer. The power of prayer is indescribable. If you serve your spouse by lifting them up in prayer, by lifting yourself up to prayer, that's another thing I had to learn was 
I had to stop going to God and saying, God, can you change him? God, can you do this for him? Can you make him talk to me better? Can you make him, make him, make him, make him? And I had to start going to God and saying, God, transform me. God, make me a better listener. God, make me a better communicator. God, show me how to love him just the way he is so he will learn how to love me just the way I am. We always want to point the finger at everybody else's flaws. But one thing I learned is the flaws that irritate us about other people are the things that we usually need to work on the most in ourselves. So go to God and ask God to change you, to transform you, to soften your heart to strengthen your communication skills, then you will see a change not only in yourself, but in everyone around you that interacts with you. Well, guys, this is where I end. Like I said, stay tuned for episode two of the marriage that shouldn't have made it past year one. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more information about me or my services, you can go to www.realizingdestiny.com. Or find me on Instagram at realizing underscore destiny. Or of course, you can hear my amazing infertility journey testimony through my book, Award That I Couldn't Win Alone, which is available on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle version. Thank you.